the lads on Liverpool Live. Good evening. <clears throat> Full Robin Williams then. I know. I was trying to last longer, but I realised I didn't take a big enough breath. Well, good evening, everybody. It is 6 p.m. It is The Lads on Liverpool Live. It is. I'm really I excited am. about today's show. I was introducing myself. I am Dickie Mint. I'm Andy. I'm still really excited about today's show. Yeah, I'm pretty nervous. i got sweaty palms. Yeah. Why? Why do, why why are we nervous and excited? Because the, the man sat to our left. The the le- well, hang on a minute. To your left, to my right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Legend. We have a legend in the studio with us. The legend. The one. The only. Billy Butler. Yeah, we're gonna be chatting to Billy about how naughty he was. Everything basically. Yeah, his music, his time at the cavern, the his uh, life story. Yeah, but everything. in the lad's way. Yeah, and not. I want to talk to, to him about something that not many people know that Billy was in Chuckle Vision with the Chuckle Brothers. <sighs> I don't know which. I don't know who's a bigger legend, the Chuckle Brothers or well, Billy. Billy's Billy. the bigger legend. Um, also, I've picked the music again this week. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make. Let's be truthful. Who's picked two of the songs? Well, you did, but... Exactly. And they are belts. Actually, no, you picked three of them. I picked oh, one. Oh, did I? Yeah, yeah. I picked three. So we've got music from Stevie Wonder, Lenny Kravitz, Ronan Keaton. They're all the ones you've picked. Yep. But first, the starters all off is my pick, the Red Rum Club with How to Steal the World. The Lads on Liverpool Live. Welcome back to the lads. That was How to Steal a World by the Red Rum Club. Tune. Brilliant band. Very good. Yeah. Favourite of somebody with us today. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll admit, yeah. I'm fairly nervous. In fact, I'm more than nervous. It's, it's a bit weird, like, interviewing someone who's one of the best in the country at doing what they do. And so. we're probably one of the worst. Yeah, well, we've managed <laughs> to black it for 12 months, so... <laughs> Billy Butler is with us, the legend. Uh, how are you, Bill? I'm, I'm fine, actually. Not to do, doing fine, doing fine. Managed to get in here this morning on the train because I've now finally got my pass. Ah, Okay, right. it was 19 years too late. I was going to say. But I've got my pass now. I did, try negotiate, I did try and negotiate with British Rail for 19 years of travel. <laughs> Backdated, but they wouldn't have it. <laughs> my mum was, you know what? My mum was exactly like you. She got a bus pass. Not too long ago, and she was over the moon about it. She's like, I've got my bus pass. I was like, and she's like, you don't understand. I've got my bus pass. Well, I happened to went to Chester the other day because we not. Yeah, my mum done it. My mum's like, oh, I'm sixty this year. I'll get my bus pass. I was like, yeah. you've had a bus pass for the past fifteen years because of all your illnesses. You, it doesn't make any difference. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah, well, I'm I'm way off that. Only being twenty three. First question, Billy, uh, to kick it off because obviously we're uh, seasoned. Hang on, hang on, hang on. What twenty three. Yeah, this is where this is where I'm going because we're seasoned presenters. Obviously, this is going to be the best interview you've ever had. Uh, well, I've listened to the lads now and then. You know, sometimes you know the radio won't move from Liverpool Live, so where it is. <laughs> you know, and I've noticed that you, you two don't realise that this isn't television, and the people out there don't know you. True. Yeah. And you don't build each other's images up. Well, you we know, try. Like, let, let me tell you, if you're listening out there. Um, Andy is a master of all trades. He's the guy who will help you whenever you can. He's tall. 
He's uh, got a bit of uh, stubble on his chin, and I'd say, yeah, he, he probably he doesn't have to. He's married. He probably could still pull. He's quite an attractive guy. I and he say looks George pretty Clooney. Fit, yeah. Pretty fit as well. But as a compliment, Phil. Yeah. Oh, there's a man we should yes. be talking about. There's a man who would fit into any superhero series anywhere. Boom. He would, but he he's would. ridiculously unfit. I'm not unfit. But he doesn't look it. He doesn't look you it. Know. You're not unfit. Right. Right behind Billy is a football <laughs> table. We played. He was there about 25 seconds and had to stop because he was out of breath. And I can't believe that. that. It's a lie, so, I mean, if, 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 if the state is looking for some kind of a, 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 a you know, a, a sexual idol, fills the man. Boom. Right, that's it. How much Interview did you pay, ending. Billy? Show's done. As far as I'm concerned, that's, I'm made. No, when you, when, when you walk in, if you're in Phil's presence, you feel it. You know, you feel protected. You know, yes. you know this, I can rely on this man. Right, Andy, you He's don't need to be in mate, the room. He's the kind of mate I would have wanted when I was a young lad. Oh, Billy, you can have me now, please. So get, get the photos out. We don't have any photos. I know. I know. This I know. Is, the photos out. We keep out. saying this. I know, you... we will do. We will. I prom- you know what? We'll get Amy. Uh, we'll get Amy, because Amy's very good at photographer. Tomorrow. Uh, Monday. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's tomorrow. yeah, tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've got in tomorrow. touch with Lee, who's got connections with the WWF. Ah, and yeah. I'd, I'd say you you could be a British heavyweight wrestling champion with thousands of adoring fans. Funny enough, we talked so about that with Johnny who... last week. We're going to go to um, the wrestling school in Preston. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try it. Right, okay, right. This is as far as I'm concerned. I started off today going, "This isn't. I'm not enjoying today." And now you've come in, Billy, and big me up. This is the best day ever. I'm need, I need a recording of this. So everybody that's listening, you can get this on podcast at some point in the next couple of weeks. I need you to download this, keep this forever, because this is the best lad show you're ever going to listen when, when, to. When I, when I was younger, when I was younger, I had this thing, Phil, and you, you would be included in the list okay. of people. If you're having a photograph taken, you don't stand next to them. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're, gonna, if you're getting a photograph taken, you don't stand next to Phil. It's pointless. They're not looking at you. No. Or you make Phil stand really far away from you and you stand closer to the camera and then everyone looks normal. Right, I'm going to admit, there's too much appreciation of me going on no. and uh, we've got a legend with us, and no. as far as I'm concerned. But you've Billy. got to sell the visual image of the programme yeah. and you're the visual point of it. Okay. I'm just in the background. You're just anyway. in the background. You're the useful one, Andy. <laughs> 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 well, look, I'll be honest with you, like I said before, never been so nervous in my life. Uh, as I've never seen a career like it and also i think what goes without saying <laughs> i think what goes without saying is i've never heard a bad word said about you now i might not have spoke to the right people billy obviously <laughs> but i've that never heard spoken to anyone <laughs> <laughs> you look as everybody knows i'm a mank now when i first joined this station a, a long while back even being from manchester i knew who you were you are well known throughout the UK, as far as I'm aware. Uh, but even I knew about you, and I mean this politely to everybody else on the station. I knew nobody, uh, but, but but I I knew who you were when obviously because this is not going to be a standard interview. When you first started as a tiny little Billy Butler, what made you want to get into? this industry what was it that clipped for you and you thought you know what this is what i'm gonna do for the rest of my life basically when, when i left the collegiate school i went to the collegiate school 
Uh, I got a GCE in English language, believe it or not. Yeah. And uh, French. I've forgotten all the French I ever learned. <laughs> but I can still write okay for the English language. And when I left school at 15, I said to me, Mam, is it okay if I go away with my mates camping uh, before I get a job? And she said, okay. So when I came back, jobs were easy then. This would be 19... This would be 1958, 50, 1958. And jobs were easy to get. So I got a job at, uh, at a, 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 a plumber's merchants. And I was selling systems and uh, cylinders and stuff like that, you know yeah. what I mean? And uh, when I finished there, I got a job at American Express. Right. Going down to the docks and clearing stuff through the docks. But in between those two jobs, I, I, I loved music. I always did love music. I always listened to the radio. I, I bought the disc and the NME every single week yeah. to keep up with what was coming out and what wasn't, you know. And I saw an advert in disc for a brand new television show starting called Thank You Lucky Stars. And it would, they were asking for three people, three teenagers, because I was still a teenager then, for the teenagers to go on the panel of Thank You Lucky Stars in between it. Thank You Lucky Stars was you'd get an established star like Tom Jones yeah. and he'd bring in someone who just had a new record out. And that, that was the format. But in the middle of it, there was a 10-minute slot where three teenagers judged the new releases and gave them marks out of 10. So I went to Manchester and auditioned for it. And as I'm watching all the other people auditioning, when I went there, I thought... I'll be okay here, because I know about music, I know what's in the American charts, what's in the British charts. And I was watching all the other people auditioning, and I, I, I said, well, they know as much as me. Mm. So, you know, I don't want to go up and do the same as them. So when I went, I always remember the first record was a, it was a new American dance called The Hurdle, I think it was. And uh, I said, uh, this is the kind of dance I think we should all learn. I said, I, I, I definitely can't wait to do it with, to dance this with my mother-in-law because apparently you throw your partner over your shoulders. So I can't wait to do that with it. And I dealt with it like that, you see. Yeah. And I came away very satisfied. And then Taki Lucky Stars started, I think it was in the uh, January uh, of, of 59. No, January 61. And it started, and I was watching all these people I'd seen auditions saying, that's better than him, that was as good as him. And then one Tuesday I got a letter from uh, Birmingham saying, we want you to do this week's show. So I got the train to, 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 from Liverpool to Runcorn, from Runcorn to Birmingham, and then we recorded the show for Sunday afternoon in Birmingham at the, uh, at the Aston, Aston Studios. Uh, and so I could watch it myself on the next Saturday, you see, yeah. which is great. And the, the producer, Philip Jones, said to me, that was excellent, I enjoyed that. He said, would you like to come back on? I said, God, yeah, you know. And I was thinking this will be in a few months, you know, but the next week I got a letter saying we wanted to be on the show again on Saturday, Sunday. And so for the next 18 or 19 weeks, I was, I was on the panel on Thank You Lucky Stars. Yeah. Uh, the, the main star of the panel was a girl called Janice Nichols. She came up with a catchphrase uh, called I'll Give It Five. Right, because she was from Birmingham. Yeah. But the funny thing was, with, with it being recorded in Birmingham, the Birmingham people never thought that was very funny because they all spoke like that. Yeah. They thought I was funny. The Scouser, the Scouse accent, they thought was funny. Yeah. But the show, Jan Janice took off as a, you know, as a big, as a reasonable reality star, I suppose, doing that. So I was on that for 18 weeks and then uh, I, I, I became not a teenager when I was 20. And uh, they asked me back for the two Liverpool specials. And the um, and the the summer special, the Christmas special, 
Uh, so basically, from that, I came back to Liverpool, uh, and the Echo never covered it. Nothing, there was nothing in the Echo but a local lad being on television every week yeah. or anything like that. You know, but it was always like music. So this group uh, approached me called uh, the Cherry Pickers and said, would you like to sing with us? I said, yeah, I'll have a go at that. So I started singing with the Cherry Pickers. We're doing things like the pub, uh, the pub out, outside of the uh, stadium. We go there and I'd go up and sing a few songs, go downstairs to the Gents Taurus, put a different shirt on, come back upstairs, <laughs> sing another couple of songs, <laughs> go back down, put another shirt on, you know. Yeah. And so that, that was it. We started playing around all the clubs. And then the Mersey Beats asked me, would I guest the, with them at that Bootletown Hall? Yeah. And they had guests like the Beatles and people like that on. So I went on to Bootletown Hall as the guest of the Mersey Beats and sang three songs with them. And the Bootle Times, I've still got the Bootle Times, uh, with a big picture on the front saying, who is the mystery man at St John's Hall in Bootle? So I had to go on with a mask. <laughs> so I sang the first two numbers, the first number with a mask on. You know, then I took the mask off and give the jiggles, they all screamed and all that, because I was on telly every week at the time. Yeah. So I stayed with the Mersey Beach for about six weeks, just doing the odd spot with them. And we, we actually made the front cover of Maisie Beat, which I've, which I've kept, actually. And then after that, I formed Cedos. Yeah. And I was playing football one day for the Maisie Beat 11. And Bob Wooler was the DJ, was, was the cavern DJ. He was uh, doing the uh, commentating. And I came off half time because I was knackered. And uh, he said to me, would you commentate on the second half? I said, yes. Yeah. So I commentated on the second half. And then Bob Wooler said to me, uh, you're very friendly with the mic. Uh, Mr. Butler, he said, how would you like to have a go at DJing at the Cavern? Because I'm very, very busy now. This is B63. And I was still with the tuxedos. Yeah. So I went down to the Cavern, did the um, did the night there, and Bob said, fine, the job's yours, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, lunchtime, evenings and all-night sessions. And I said, great. So I left the tuxedos, and that was my start as a DJ. Wow. <laughs> I'm gobsmacked already. <laughs> we are. Right, what we'll do is, while we compose ourselves, we'll go for a quick break. Um, when we come back, we will have a know-it-all. The Lads on Liverpool Live. Liverpool Live! Welcome back to The Lads. That was Stevie Wonder with He's Mr. Know-it-all. I-, I will get the song title right, as Billy just threw me off. I blame him. Um, Dickie Mint's still here and of course Billy Butler's still here Um, but there's another thing how can can you call a fella like that Dickie Mint I know without getting beaten up you know what it's stuck and you know who set that up it was Claire and uh, Rodders uh, ages and ages ago it's because I obviously because I'm a monk I used to say it's Mint it's Mint it's Mint mint." and then It, it, it should be Andy and Phil the Mighty Phil the Mighty. From now on, no, we go with no, what Billy says. No, we're not. I want introducing as Phil the Mighty. No. Yeah. I'm Rocket. My Bill, cope, my I want Billy on every week. Here. I'll go, Phil with, my, the mighty. I'll go and, with Mighty Mouse. And put an echo on when you say Phil the Mighty. Put a bit of echo on it as well. Right. As for, you can't go against what the legend Billy Butler says. You can't. Well. Nope. Nope. There's okay. just no way. Right. Well, funny enough, because I know we were just talking about how you got into... Um, radio and everything like that, Billy. But you mentioned it before, you started at such a young age. Who is it you actually looked up to at that time? You thought, wow. Like, people look at you now, you don't realise it, but, like, Amy, Amy, uh, who's obviously been covering uh, Roy's show uh, and obviously does the late like on on a Friday, 
looks up to you like you've got no idea. She thinks you're God. Everybody she, does. She was devastated. I'm not comfortable with praise. Well, I can tell. I can tell by the way you were you twitching know in the seat. Like, when you come in and went on to Amy, when Amy was covering for Roy, I went in and went, listen, Billy's said... Um, he doesn't think it's a good idea he comes on your show because he's going to be on the lads on Saturday night, Sunday night. He's got his own two shows. You should have seen the devastation yeah. in her face. She was like, R- really? Yeah. I was like, yeah, he just he doesn't think and he yeah. doesn't think that much of your either. And she was like, oh, oh. I was like, holy rest, it's fine. Yeah. So who, who is it you looked up to when Those you Those days, were... well, I, I, obviously, when I was listening to radio between what would be from when, from when it was... 12 probably you know that would be 1954 yeah. it was all radio luxembourg and afm when you could get afn yeah uh, jack jackson was my favorite presenter on radio luxembourg because he was one of the first ones he was definitely an inspiration for kenny everett jack jackson because he'd take bits of records and put them in and stuff like that you know yeah. what i mean when, when radio one started uh kenny everett obviously he was absolutely brilliant uh, tony blackburn i like tony blackburn yeah you know, they're all influences. And, but the main thing is, all of those people like I've mentioned, they were themselves. So that's what you'd be. You can't, you know, somebody, people can influence you, and that's all. You know, you, you've, got to, you've got to be you. To, to How be do you think it's... So I, I don't want to jump subject too much, but you're probably one of the people that has witnessed radio at the start, and I'm not saying you're old, Billy. But oh, I am. <laughs> How do you see radio has changed since when you were young to how it is now? And do you think it, it's changed in a good way or do you miss? The, is, is there a difference? So, I mean, I started on radio in 1971, okay, because mm. so, I was DJing at the Mardi Gras at the time. Uh, we'd taken over the Mardi Gras club, which was a soul club. And we st- stuck with the soul for ages. We had all the big names on from the soul. We had Al Green on. We had the Real Drifters on. We had Mary Wells on. We had Jimmy Ruffin on. We had all the big soul acts on. Uh, but, but the night we had Al Green on, he was number one on the charts. And we only got 350 people in at the Marty. Yeah. So I said, obviously, the soul thing's waning. Now, at the same time, I was playing records at the Cavern. But I was, I was into what they called at the time progressive so I was playing all progressive stuff downstairs at the cavern, and it was going well. So I said to my partner at the Mardi, I said, we're going to have to change this, you know, we're not pulling the people in. So I've got, I can show you these pictures, actually. So me and me mate Chris Wharton, who's my business partner at the time, we, we walked around town dressed as the hunchback and Frankenstein. <laughs> he was Frankenstein, yeah, and I was the hunchback. And he had, uh, he was big, Chris, he was six foot one anyway. But he, we, we put built up blocks of wood on it as well, so he was taller, right? And, and the main mistake we made, first of all, when we left the house, he couldn't get in the car, right? <laughs> so we actually, we actually got the bus from Heighton into town uh, as Frankenstein. And, oh, and, and that was a ego, sight. As ego. And I've got pictures of us in town walking around and in Leaflet South for the new Mardi Gras. And what we did at the Mardi... Because we'd been to Germany, which sorry, we went to Holland to go to a club there, which was into progressive stuff, and we saw what they were doing. So they had all these lights, all these oils on the walls all the way around. Not, not, not like the ones you bought and twisted the wheel around. These were students who were mm. dropping the oil in and everything. So we got the students from the university to come to the Mardi. We put screens up all the way around, and we painted the whole club white so we could project onto it. Yeah, and we started showing movies as well over the stage, like. Like um, 
the Roadrunner and Mighty Mouse and stuff yeah. like that, you know. And so we started booking progressive acts. Uh, like like one night we had Thin Lizzy on and Nazareth, but in between them we had a puppet show. You know, we had Professor Cobham with this Punch and Judy <laughs> show. You know, and you may think, and there was a guy who, who won uh, Opportunity Knox weeks and weeks making his belly go. <laughs> doing the muscle. We had him on as well. So we made a difference and it worked. Yeah. It worked. We were from losing money every week. We started making money. Yeah. You know, with the names we were putting on, who were big progressive names now. And then we got an order off the council that we had to shut down. You know, right. just why, why when we were doing well. Why did so they tell you you had to shut down? Because there was supposed to be a motorway goes right through <laughs> where Mount Pleasant is. It never happened. Yeah. But there was supposed to be a motorway going through. You know, and uh, it never happened. So we went to have a look at the Hippodrome, which is a cinema, uh, which had just closed. Yeah. And the Hippodrome held over 2,000 people. And this was during the time, this will be 73, 4, when some of the progressive bands' fees were going through the roof, you know. And this place held 2,000. They had two balconies. Um, we, we decided to get statue with, with cardboard cutouts of Jimi Hendrix in one of the balconies, waving to people, and a cardboard cutout of somebody else in the one waving to people. And the great thing was, because it, the groups then had a lot of equipment, you could drive onto the stage from the street, you know. Mm. So we, we, we applied for the licence um, because we thought we, we make money out of this, but the, the, the Whitbreads, the, the beer company, they agreed to back us. Mm. But we could not get a license. Every time we applied for a license, the Locarno and the Grafton objected to it. Right. Because they realised that, yeah. that the competition would be immense. Yeah. So uh, that that fell apart, unfortunately. So for the, I mean, I still kept clubbing. I'd do clubs in Wigan. I'd do the discos in Wigan, Warrington, Wales. You know. Uh, but once the radio started came around, I just uh, cooled down a bit. Mm. And how do you find radio? I mean, obviously... You, you mentioned you, that before. It's changed entirely. The approach to radio has changed entirely. Do you think in a not a it, great way? Well, it depends what you think musically. You have a look at the charts in the 60s and 70s and maybe even the 80s. Mm. They were varied, you know. They, yeah. You, you look at the charts now, you know. It's, I mean, on radio now, it's, if, you, if you put radio... Radio Norman on or something, you know what they're going to be playing. Yeah. You go Radio Billy, you know what they're going to be playing. Yeah. There's no variety in radio anymore. True. You understand what I mean? And the main, the, 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 I think one of the reasons I've done well is because I've always mixed with my audience. Yeah. You know, I've always been out there as well as on the radio. Yeah. You know, you become a face, uh, not, uh, not just a voice. Yeah. You know, so I'd be knocking pennies over in clubs, you know. I'd be opening fates, I'd be crowning May Queens. Yeah. All stuff like that. Yeah. But the people get to know you as a person. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm still like that today. I'm a great believer in that, you know. I mean, we did, we did, we did 20, we did 58 weekends at Pontins. Wow. You know. And, but the way radio was these days, none of our bosses came. And yet they were the people, you know, that were listening to the station. Yeah. Go through a break, and you're saying about the music. Can we just cl cl clear the? Did you all quit Radio City Live on Air? Well, Magic Live on Air because of Cliff Richard. No, they sacked me. Oh, they sacked you. They sacked me. So the story goes that you you played can't keep this feeling in twice during the breakfast yeah, show because they said we couldn't play any Cliff Richard records. So they sacked in the middle of a show. So I yeah. So I said uh, I said hang on a minute. I said if the people out there like Cliff Richard, I don't know who picks our music, but if he doesn't like Cliff Richard, <laughs> that's not you know that's not that that's not the public's fault. 
I said, I, I know by my mail you like Cliff Richard, so I'll play it. Yeah. You know, and I said, that's a good record, and I'll play it again. You know, because obviously if you hear it once, you might like it, or you hear it twice, you're a good And it's a good record. Yeah. He's no dope, Cliff. And then the boss come in and said, out, out, out you go, Mr. Butler. We picked the music here, not you. Out you go. And that was that. Well, obviously he didn't know what he was doing, did he? Nope. Right, yeah. okay, we'll go for it. Well, I was, was quickly reinstated, thanks to my public. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised. Um, we'll I, mean, go f- I mean, if I'd have known Phil in those days, I would have just phoned him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Come just and see the boss, will you? And you make sure after this break and uh, song that uh, you... In Stan- Stanley Street, you can't do stairs. <laughs> you just make sure you Phil, introduce Phil me correctly. Phil said to the boss at Radio City, Butler, back on. Yeah, yeah. You don't mess with Phil the Mighty. Right, you remember that. Phil what were you mighty. saying? Go on. Just remember Phil the Mighty. Okay, we'll go for a break, and when we come back, we're going to have Fly Away by Lenny Kravitz. The Lads on Liverpool Live. Liverpool Live. Welcome back. That was Lenny Kravitz, Fly Away. Are you okay? Yeah, why? I don't know. It sounded painful when you said welcome back. <laughs> no, I, I, was, I was rather loud. I don't know why. I do apologise about that. Uh, sorry, I am Phil the Mighty. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm Andy. Should be in the background. You're useful, Andy. Useful, useful Andy. That's, Phil that's, the Mighty. That's like just like one of if them. If Billy Butler said it, it's yeah. it's gospel now. And that's he is it. useful. Give me his due. He's very useful. He is very useful. I'll give him that. I pretend I know what I'm doing. I don't. I mean, um, it's, it's a word that, that's like useful, but it means can't do without... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. We yeah, should tell yeah. the boss this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quick question, Billy. Out of me and Andy, who do you think's older? I would have said about the same. You've still got them five years on me. Yeah, obviously. Andy's Andy's younger. Yeah. He's a grey fox. Silverback. I never used Silver to be. Back. I keep meaning, I've got a picture the day my daughter was born, and then I've got a picture exactly one year later on her first birthday, and I was dark-haired. And in one year, I was like this. Yeah. That's yeah. It's kids. Anyway. I, I mean, I've got photos from Radio Merseyside from 71. Yeah. And then, all, then every year, we get a new photo. Yeah. And City, and another one. And when I moved back, I got another one. You know, because that's what stations did those days. Yeah. You know, stations plugged the presenters. You yeah. Know? I mean, people look, look at it as old hat now. But you watch it come back. You watch car stickers and start coming back. Yeah. You know, yeah. and pin on badges will start coming back if oh, you get the right thing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Photos as well, photos, you know. And when you when, when Radio Midside did outside broadcast and Radio City, we all had stuff to sell. Yeah. You know, we had t shirts, we had uh, badges, we had caps. You know, it's like I've said before again, it's communication with the people who were listening. Everything now is interactive. I used to love going to the Liverpool show when City were there. City had their big, they had an Arthur Clory, basically, and the stage folded out at the side. They come to our school. We had a tent, we had a big marquee tent. Yeah. Um, They they come to our school for our summer fair. Radio City went Mm. to a school summer fair and took all that, and the presenters would just be walking around talking That's to what's missed nowadays. That's what's missed nowadays, not just in radio, but in life. You just said it a minute ago in regards to pictures, like pictures, even pictures now people take on the phones. I can't remember. I mean, I, I can remember, actually, that's a lie. I've had photos printed off yeah. uh, lately for my little one uh, to put in a room. But people just don't do it now. They take lo- thousands of photos on the phone or on their SLR that, cameras. That, that, never that's get where they left. Yeah, and yeah. it's a shame. Because my mom still get my mom brought uh, down a really old brown tattered photo album, 
and went, do you want to see your, do you want to see your daddy when when he when he was a little baby? And I was like, why have I never seen these before? But it's beautiful, like it was tatty, but it yeah. looked gorgeous, like a photo album. And I was like, I need. Nobody does it nowadays. It's such a shame. They get they get lost. One of the pictures says Alder Hayes' first seventeen ounce birth fulfilled. Oh, <laughs> oh don't say he was born in Liverpool. He'll go mad. Yeah, no, I was born it's in. Not just that, but I mean, don't forget the radio stations. We had a charity football team. Yeah, Radio City had a charity football yeah, team. Yeah. I played. We, them. we had a charity quiz team. Radio City had a charity quiz team. It's lost. We should we, bring we it back. We put on shows as I showed you before. Yeah. When I was at Merseyside, we regularly put shows on at the Empire, yeah. the Philharmonic, the Royal Court. The, the Epstein, it was the Neptune as it was then, and all the little clubs. Yeah. We go to the Montrose, we go to the uh, British Legions. You, you're involved with the people who listen to you. I've I've spoken to Rod about this and said next year we should, do, even if it's at like Grand Central or something, we should put one of them shows on, mm. bring it back the way it used to be. Like Radio City, like you used to go to Pontons, Radio City done the Radio City weekend. Granted, mm. there was only one because of the idiots that went. But apart from that, it was a good night. There was like, I think Lee was there, Kev was there. Um, it was a good night. But we used to do Friday night, Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Shows all them nights. Yeah. And we'd have at least 20 acts on over the three days. Yeah. Yeah. M- mainly local, but we'd have, sometimes you'd have big names on. Yeah. Well, there's something I want to talk about. Um, you being on television. It done a lot of television. Chuckle Vision. Yeah, and how did you end up on Chuckle Vision? Chuckle Vision. Love it. Most people don't know that. I kept that pretty quiet. <laughs> I did Chuckle Vision. I did Vision. like your armchair in it, to be fair. I did Chuckle Vision and never met the brothers. What? Really? No, because I, 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 did a, I did a thing where I told the story yeah. in between in between the brothers, what they were doing. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd read the story yeah. and, I'd, I'd, and I'd enact the characters in the story. Like one of the stories, I was, I was a, a witch and we, we filmed it in the caves in New Brighton. Yeah. And then we had to go over to finish it again as as I was another witch in the caves at Sefton Park. Yeah. We had stuff like that, you know what I mean? And uh, I, I would tell the story. So, that, so I was in the first six episodes of series one and the second six episodes of series two. And but you I never, never met, met the Chuckle Brothers at all. Even I met the Chuckle Brothers. Have you? When did you meet them? Well, they used to the DJ on student nights and Roy Walker as well. I, met Roy. I played catchphrase with Roy Walker when I was in uni. You name you two name dropping. I've got nobody to name drop here. <laughs> <laughs> There's all these names on the floor to pick up. I've got none. In and all course. fairness, when I played catchphrase, I was dressed as a woman, full dress, wax legs, and everything. Wow. Yeah. So it okay. wasn't that good. And we did the Maisie Pirate, which was live from the Royal Iris. Yeah. Uh, that was of a Saturday morning. That was the first time Scully and Mooey ever appeared on television. And all the acts used to have to come out on the boat. Yeah. And we had acts on as well, you know. I had a disco downstairs, and I, I was my, my job was I was the uh, entertainment officer. Dougie Brown was the captain. I was the entertainment yeah. officer, and Scully and Mui were the stowaways. So each, each each week, I'd be looking for the stowaways on board Scully and Mui, and that ran for six weeks live from the Royal Irish. We we kept having to photograph the live the live birds clock each mm. morning just to show people we were live. Yeah. And then what happened was that because we did the show on board the ship. Uh, all the cameras were handheld. Yeah. And because of that, of course, uh, the, the people in the studio who pushed them, pushed them round, they didn't have any work. So the unions went on strike. 
because you know wow. we, we were disposing of a little bit. <coughs> did did you? And we sorry. had to drop it after six weeks. Do you know? I don't know whether Billy wants to talk about this. Do you know he's done the Krypton factor assault course? Yeah. <laughs> he told me, but I don't know whether he's told anyone else. I did a series called Facts, which um, oh no, this was on this was on the Fun Factory. The Fun Factory was another series I I I I, I, I hosted. It took over from Tiz was very dismally, I might say. Um, so for twelve weeks, it was Saturday morning. I presented the, the Fun Factory, and. Uh, Jeremy Beadle was, was part of the team as well. He, mm. he, was, he was head of fun and yeah. all that. And one of the, one of the times I said, I, said, I said to the fact the factory workers, you know, you're not fit enough. You're definitely not fit enough. We're going on the Krypton Factor course, you know. So they filmed us on the <coughs> Krypton Factor course, you know. And when you're doing it, you don't see it on the telly, but when you're doing it, there's somebody running alongside you just to make sure you're all right mm. off camera, you know what I mean? And they, they, obviously they put it down a bit. And we had, we, we had the, the, the employees failing to do it. Yeah. And I said, this is how you do it. You know, I'm your boss. I was, so I did the Krypton Factor, right? And we got right to the end where you hold on to those uh, handles and you, you go down the thing, you know. The zip line. You go down yeah. the, the wire, you know. And as I'm like that, I'm holding on. The cameraman says, I'll tell you when to go. Uh, and I heard, Go. And the fella behind me pulled me trousers down. <laughs> <laughs> so I went all the way down on that, you know, naked from the waist down. <coughs> oh, obviously, it. they never showed that. But apparently, but apparently it does exist somewhere. <laughs> and I, li- find I, I live in fear of you know, you know, it'll be all right well, on the night or something, you know what I mean? With that image, we'll go for a quick break. Um, when we come back, we will have... Um, this is one of your choices. Which one is oh, it? It's Roman Keaton, Life is a Roller Coaster. Uh, well, Life is a Roller Coaster. We'll be talking about that later. Yeah, we'll be back in a couple of minutes. The Lads on Liverpool Live. Liverpool Live. Welcome back to The Lads. That was Life is a Roller Coaster by Ronan Keaton. Tune chosen by small Dicky Mint is still here. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Little Dicky Mint even. Phil the Mighty. Phil, well, Phil the Mighty. Billy told me off. <laughs> Phil the Mighty with an echo. Oh no, yeah. you want me to put the echo in after? Okay, we can do yeah, that. We'll do that. Um, Billy Butler's still here. Um, now, you've got a reputation of getting yourself into trouble. No, I haven't. Not really. Well, you upset a lot of Liverpool fans. Well, it's the only time I've ever been headlines in the echo. <laughs> Phil yeah, doesn't know about this. No, I don't was know. right Tell across me. the front of the echo. What a silly Billy! <laughs> there were the headlines. Perfect the headline as well. Yeah, it was April Fool's Day, and for some reason, I had this idea in my head that I would announce that Anfield was on fire. You see, wow! And <laughs> I, I built Anfield's on fire. What year was this? Being probably 77, 76, yeah. 77. Anfield is on fire. I said, and I built, built up a saying that the fire engines have all gone down there, you know, the smoke is billowing over this, that, and the other. And I thought to myself, what I do after that, I'll play a record, right, yeah. and then I'll announce it's a false alarm. It's only Tommy Smith's shorts that are on fire. <laughs> it just looked like Anfield was on fire. You see, and I thought, that, what a funny gag there is. But in between me saying it and playing the one record, all hell broke loose. I mean, the fire brigade went down there. Rip. You know, wow. the Liverpool fans went down there. You know, it was... It, 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 Anfield came to a halt. Yeah. You know. 
So the boss took me in, gave me a really good grilling, you know. Radio City broadcast that I should be fired for doing something like that. You know. What? So I, basically, I, I, I was banned from doing any shows on April Fool's Day for years. Wow. Was you? Yeah. Because you are actually a blue. I'm a blue, yeah. I'm sorry but about that. Of that. I'm not a bit of blue, you know. I'm, you know. And we, I mean... You get you do get in trouble now and then. Like when I I, I told, but I used to do a stolen car spot. Yeah, I'd read out the numbers of stolen cars, and it was obvious that most of the stolen cars were Fords. So I, I so I, I suggested that Ford should name their new car the Ford Takeaway. <laughs> so the boss come on from Ford. He wasn't happy with that, <laughs> you know. And uh, were you like this? Is a, were you were you a mischievous? Little child. But I think all kids are mischievous, you know. I mean, I did things, like, I suppose, you know. I'd, I'd, I'd draw arrows on the pavements, you know, <laughs> and round and, and the corner and everything, you yeah. know, and then at the very end put fooled you. Or I'd get my mate who was a brilliant artist, I'd get my mate to draw a treasure map. <laughs> and we'd leave it lying on the floor somewhere. I love you know, it. For somebody to finally go looking for this treasure which didn't exist. And we all did knock it on doors and running away. Oh, yeah, knock a door. Run. Yeah. yeah. No, knock a door dash. Knock a, it's knock a door run in Manchester. What is it? Knock a door dash here? Yeah. Is it knock a door dash? That, that no, is, isn't knock it? and run it was for us. Yeah, knock, knock and run. run it was. I don't know where you're from, Andy. And the, 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 one, the, the <laughs> ones that suffered most were the ones who could afford to have one of those doorbells that lit up. <laughs> they, they were a luxury when I was growing up. A doorbell that lit up, but they they were the focus. You know what I mean? Did you, you ever know? do the fishing wire on the door knocker? Yeah, yeah. And, and we did. Where you, you tied the door knocker to the fence. Yeah. So knock on the door. So when the fellow was the only can't open it because it's tied to the fence. It can't open the front door. Wow. <laughs> See, this 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 is what kids miss out on nowadays. Kids are just like this. Yeah. Like that. What is it you look at, Billy, in regards to? When you were a kid, that you that you did that was fun, and you look at now and you think, oh, they're missing out on that. And what do you look at in regards to what astonishes you? Like, what, what do you look at? What astonishes me? I'm still alive. <laughs> I mean, we climbed we climbed on every roof there was, you know. And, and when there was the back to back houses, there was the entry that was in between the houses. Yeah. And of course, there'd be there'd be your house wall there. Yeah. And the opposite neighbour's house wall there. And we'd sit on our wall and then fall forward and try and catch the other wall. You know, that was called belly banding. And of course, sometimes you miss yeah. and you just go plummeting down, you know. Oh, man. We, did, we weren't allowed to do anything like that. Oh, yeah, we used to skip on bin wagons. You'd run behind the bin wagon and jump on the back to ride on it. And you just can't Oh, do no, that. do you know what I did you used do to do? Now. When I was younger, we did used to spend a lot of time in Landudno because my auntie lived there. And we used to, not that we... I wouldn't recommend this. We used to run behind the tram and jump and sit on the back of the tram and get a free lift halfway up, and then you'd get caught and they'd chase you and you'd run back down. It was pointless. Wow. You two are proper, like, you two are bad. I was good, <laughs> me, as a kid. I'm, I don't think you were. No, I probably wasn't, but I'm just I'm, I'm just not one. I reckon you had your mum terrorised. I don't yeah. know I've got any hands after Bobby nights because Bonfire and I we used to always have, we'd all buy the same firework. We'd light it and hold it, and whoever held it the longest was, was the bravest. You know what I mean? Can we just say that? Do, please do, <laughs> do not, not do that, that nowadays that. at all, but children. You develop you develop a sense of hearing, <laughs> <you know. laughs> really fast. I bet. 
Oh man, I love right. it. We're gonna have to. We need to get right. Of course, our bangers in them days are nothing like they are now. Yeah, I was gonna our say our bangers day would have, if, if even it went off in your hand, it wouldn't harm you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're gonna have to get Billy to come back in. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm re- I'm I'm gutted that we've got to end it now, but we will get you back on, Billy. If you will, if you'd like to affirm that you'd like well, to come back you, on now. If you if you've got fifty seconds left, I could tell Go you all on. about my success with women. Come on, then. Fifty. <laughs> 50 seconds. I'd only need five seconds, Billy. <laughs> Look, we will get Billy Butler back on. I, I assure everybody listening, we will get Billy, Bull- uh, I had Billy so Butler back on. so many knockbacks during my teenage years. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, say, we'll save that for the next show, I assure you. Uh, but it's been a pleasure having you on, Billy. Honestly, an absolute uh, pleasure. My pleasure. My palms are still sweating. We'll, we'll, we'll just apologise for our presenting skills now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but we can't wait to have you back on. Um, I don't know what I say after that. Yeah, th- th- literally, literally after us. <laughs> all, all we can say is Rod's on with his jukebox. If you want a song, give him a call on 0151 6400 100. Press option two, it'll take you straight through to the studio. Or you can email them on Liverpool Studio. Well, that's it's wrong, isn't it? Studio, studio. at liverpoolliveradio.com. And make sure somebody requests Backstreet Boys. And Not also again. make sure you download this podcast on Spotify, Google, or Apple because it's well worth a listen. And we will have more from Billy Butler very soon, I assure you. The lads on Liverpool Live.